took his bearings and headed for the upper left-hand corner of Lost Pond, where Mr. Boots kept the rowboat they were using. Only the creaking of the oars and the oarlocks and the chattering of some red-winged blackbirds in the marsh grass and cattails that lined the shore broke the stillness of the late afternoon until Tommy suddenly rested on his oars and said impatiently, Jeepers, I wish we could go someplace where we could really catch some fish. All this spring and school, I used to think how much fun we were going to have fishing this summer, and now we can't even catch enough for supper. I'll tell you what let's do, said Juna excitedly as he pointed at the sky. Let's pretend we can see the evening star and make a wish. What's the evening star? Tommy asked, and he looked bewildered. It's the first star you see at night, Juna explained. When you see it, you make a wish. A lot of good that's going to do, said Tommy. What we wish. Just what you said a minute ago, Juna said. You said you wished that we could go someplace where we could really catch some fish. Let's both wish that. Only don't say it out loud, or it won't come true. It won't come true anyway, said Tommy with conviction. I remember one time I wished and wished for a pair of skates for Christmas. And what do you think I got? Golly, I couldn't guess, Juna said as he looked up at the sky again. A bicycle! said Tommy with disgust. Chattering chimps, Juna said. Weren't you satisfied? Sure, said Tommy, but I wished for skates. Let's try it anyway, Juna said, and he looked up into the clear blue sky where he thought the evening star would be if he could see it. It won't hurt us to try. Okay, said Tommy, and then they both snickered as they silently made their wish. Just as they finished, Champ abandoned his position in the prow of the boat where he had been standing watch and put all four paws on the bottom of the boat and began to bark so fiercely that they both looked at him in astonishment. What in the world is the matter with him? Tommy wanted to know as Champ stopped barking for a moment to growl deep down in his throat. He must hear something or smell something, Juna said as Champ looked at him questioningly and then began to bark so hard that both the boys began to laugh. Quiet, Champ, ordered Juna. Champ stopped barking for a moment, and when he turned his gaze on Juna again, he looked as though he was scowling at the interruption. Then, while Champ was quiet, the dim, faraway baying of hounds cut through the stillness of the afternoon, and Champ looked at both of them as though to say, You hear? and started to bark again. It's those hounds of old Mr. Beach's, said Juna. They must be running something, probably a rabbit. What kind of dogs are they? asked Tommy. Before Juna could answer, he added, Champ must have good ears. He heard them long before we did. He may have gotten a scent of them before we heard them, Juna said, and added, I think Mr. Beach's dogs are foxhounds. Anyway, they're hounds of some kind. The faraway baying faded until they could no longer hear it, as Tommy nosed the boat up on the gravel beach beside the post where Mr. Boots moored his rowboat. As soon as the bow of the boat was on dry land, Champ scrambled over the side, and his short, stubby legs moved like black pistons as he dashed toward the gravel pit and skidded around a clump of bushes to disappear. Champ! Champ! Juna shouted as loud as he could shout. Come back here! For Pete's sake, what's the matter with him? asked Tommy as Juna scrambled over the side of the boat and started after Champ. He's probably got the scent of whatever those hounds are running, 
Kuna shouted back over his shoulder. Tie up the boat and come on and help me. He'll get lost like he did before. Tommy stared after Juna for an instant, and then he grabbed the mooring line and made it fast to the ring in the mooring post and sprinted toward the gravel pit where Juna had disappeared. He could hear Champ barking in the distance and could hear Juna calling to him, but when he ran into the pit, they were both out of sight. Suddenly, Champ's barking rose in pitch and became so frantic that Juna spurred his own efforts to get through the brambles and brush on the west side of the pit. His hands and face and legs were scratched and bleeding by the time he came out on the other side and paused on the edge of a deep ravine. Looking down, directly below him, Juna could see where Champ had skidded down the side of the steep ravine in his mad haste. Now, Champ was trying desperately to clamber up the other side, but each time he got about three feet up the side, it became so steep.